Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. With it being the month of October, we are really excited to bring to you stories of really amazing, badass women. <laughs> and that will tell you a little bit about who our guest is tonight, Miss Erin Bear. So without anything else, I'm going to punch the right button and we're going to get this thing rocking and rolling. Here we go. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light, and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. Mm -hmm. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. So we are really excited about this evening because Aaron is somebody who is quite the fighter and has a lot of strength. And just as soon as you think, okay, the struggles are done, next thing, uh, and then the next thing comes right on in. But she never quits. And that's what makes her so bad, A, right? <laughs> so it makes her awesome. So her, her book that we're going to be celebrating tonight, it is in its second year. I mean, this is a two-year happy birthday anniversary type of deal. And it is, as you can see, it running down there on the ticket, ticket from Beaton to badass. And so, Erin, why on earth is that the title? Let's start there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, April, for having me on tonight. Um, so my title actually wasn't that to begin with. I wrote my book, came up with this. Well, I came up with my synopsis, was writing my book, and I had this other title in mind, and I had sent it to a friend of my dad's, and he said the title sucked. <laughs> I was just like heartbroken because I really liked my title. Um, and so I didn't, I was just, you know, spinning my wheels and really trying to brainstorm of coming up with a title that would really describe everything I've been through. And so I sent it to a friend of mine and I said, Hey, would you read this? And she read it. And I said, Hey, what do you think? Like, if you had to describe it in three or four words, like what, how would you describe it? What would those three words be? be? And she's like, beating a badass. I'm like, that's it. That's my title. So I submitted that to my dad's friend who um, helps authors and stuff. He was, he's not someone that published my book or anything. He was just helping me at the beginning stages. And he's like, that's the best title ever. I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> so that's how the title actually came about. Um, and as I was writing my book, my business beating the badass came to birth, I guess you would say it, it became a business and it's part of my title, but we added the from um, in the title because it allowed people to understand that it was from beaten to badass and not just still beaten down. Right. And that's a big concept because we don't want to stay down and, you know, stay with that and that survivor role because surviving something takes a lot of energy and it's this everyday kind of thing. And at the end of the day, the exhaustion is there. Well, there's so much more to life. We don't want to stay in just that survival. So the idea and concept is that you can really, come from that and expand beyond all of that in our worlds. That is awesome. That is really um, an awesome thing, Miss Erin. So congratulations with all of that. So share with us a little bit about your business. Absolutely. So my business is beating a badass and it um, came about as I was writing my book, like I said, in 2019, I was writing my book. I was sharing with my network. Hey, I've got 3000 words written. I've got 2000 words written. And I really wanted to keep myself motivated. And my big why of why I was writing this book was to um, allow other women to say, hey, I don't have to stay silent. I can share my story. So I wanted to take that first step and say, hey, I'm a survivor, me too. But I'm not allowing this to define me. I'm a badass and so are you. 
And so I made a bracelet and I stuck it on my wrist and I, I took a picture and I posted on social media and I said, oh, here's some wrist motivation to keep me writing. And I put the color purple in it because that's the color for survivors of national, uh, for domestic violence. And I um, didn't think anything of it. People started messaging me. How do I get a bit, how do I get a bracelet? I want to buy one. And that's when I realized my promise that I made um, nine years prior in 2010, that I could start giving back to those impacted by domestic violence and sexual assault financially. So with every bracelet sold, I started giving a little portion back to a shelter here in Colorado. And that's how the business was born. It was born on March 8th, 2019, while I was writing my book. Wow, fantastic. Seems like we've got everything really connected there. And so how have the sales of the, the bracelets been going? So the bracelets went really well for the first year. And then um, the books kind of <laughs> took precedence and those have um, launched. And when I have events, I'll um, put bracelets out and badass towels and mugs and mouse pads and all the different badass gear uh, stuff that I do have. But, you know, COVID kind of put a nick, <laughs> nick in that one. It stopped everything from happening in person. So hopefully everything will start to kind of come back alive because I know we're still kind of seeing the consequences of COVID. Um, but you know, I haven't done a lot with the bracelets, but I still have them. So that's a good idea. <laughs> I should probably get back on that. Right. Get on back on that. Yeah, girl, because if we're home, we got something dangling around us. It might give us some more motivation to keep things really rolling here. So share with us a little bit about what you have in the book. Is it just a compilation of different stories? Is it one story stretched over a certain amount of time? Share with us a little bit about how you formulated your book and and why you put the things in there that you did. Sure. So my book is actually my memoir. It goes from when I was born all the way up to age 36. And I start with my childhood, my foundation. Who are the people in my life that really created the foundation for me to grow up, grow up in this world? And uh, I talk about my father, my mother, um, my dad's best friend, who was like my uncle, my best friend talk about my sister a little bit, talk about a second grade teacher. And each person really had a lesson that they taught me. So for example, my dad taught me strength. My mom taught me self-acceptance. My second grade teacher taught me faith. And from there, um, that created the foundation. And then I go into the world of golf because I'm a huge golfer and I love golf. And I've been golfing for 30, now 37 years. Um, and I talk about my mentors and how they taught me that golf is like life and the struggles that we have on the golf course, we can have struggles on life. And how do you, how do you respond rather than react to those trouble spots or those struggles? And then I obviously get into my story of abuse and rape. So that's the third chapter where I talk about the tipping point of abuse. So really you get to see who I was as a child and what happened in my life that led me to get into a relationship of abuse, because it's not something that just, Oh, I'm going to get into an abusive relationship, right? We, Everybody thinks, well, if a guy hit me, I would just leave him automatically, but it's not that simple. So you really get to see the full picture of before the abuse. And then you see the full picture of what happened during the abuse. And then how did I leave the abusive relationship? How did I pick myself back up after I've been beaten down for so long throughout my life? And get, I got into bodybuilding and then I had some, um, I had a brain injury, a traumatic brain injury. I had some accidents that resulted in several concussions and then really, um, all those lessons that I've learned from someone. So I talk about probably about, about 20 people that taught me lessons and gave me qualities uh, that I could take throughout my life um, to really the battle that I'm still in, which is infertility. So I'm still in the midst of infertility, but it's really prepared me 
to really battle that in the arena and not let it keep me down. So I talk about my whole life, really. It's not just one topic. Amazing. You know, it is really interesting how things have prepared you in order to take on the new um, challenges that have been brought forth with you. And so um, in sharing the parts of the story, what is it that you want people who read your book to come away with? What is the message for them? The biggest message throughout my book is that we are not defined by our circumstances. We are a badass. We just have to get back up. And I think so many times we're told we're not enough of, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not rich enough or whatever the enough is. And the thing is, is we are all enough. There doesn't need to be another word before enough. We are enough period. And I think that's the biggest lesson is because we need to stop one, stop believing all those bad negative things that people are saying to us. But two, we need to stop telling ourselves that we need to understand that bad things do happen and they're going to happen, but it's a matter of how you respond and how you get back up and how you don't allow that to define you. Yes. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. Yes. I'm a survivor of sexual assault. I'm a, I'm somebody who's struggling with infertility. I'm a twin sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. I'm whatever. But in all reality, I'm just Aaron. That's who I am. I'm Aaron. And we don't need to allow all these things to define who we are. We need to define who we are. And that's the biggest thing is that we need to find the strength, hope, and courage. And we also need to understand that life is not a fairy tale. We're not, we're not in a Disney movie and nobody's going to come and save us. And we need to become our own hero. Excellent. That's right. When we really reach towards others to find the strengths, it really starts to reveal. And I kind of say this tongue in cheek because just like Glinda, the good witch of the North, right? We had it inside the whole time. And it's that belief. And when we stop the negativity that is maybe coming to us from the outside, and when we stop telling ourselves the lies and the negativity there's something that opens up that's always been there the whole time it's not like we stop that then we got to go look for it as soon as it stops it starts to just grow and blossom out and when we can harvest that amazing results happen right and you have experienced incredible things your you know the strength the focus all of the things that you know you've experienced even like with a sport like golf golf is not about strength and how hard you can whack that sucker across the thing no it's about focus it's aim it's control within yourself and there's just so many different parts of it if you could do kind of a like a metaphor of golf and your life what would that look like? Golf and meta a metaphor for my life. Well, I it's interesting because there's a golf golfer out there that says it's a good walk spoiled, um, which was a quote originally by Mark Twain. And if you think about it, life is probably a good walk spoiled. We we get distracted or we see a squirrel or we get um, into a bad situation or we make a bad decision. And once we turn ourselves around and we start going, it's pretty smooth again and it's good again, right? But life is not promised to be sunshine and butterflies and the rainbows don't come without the storms. And so really golf is not going to be as enjoyable if it was 
easy to do. I mean, yeah, you're hitting a little white ball into a hole and you want to get it in to the hole in the most least amount of strokes possible. <laughs> you don't want to keep swinging and swinging and missing, um, but it takes time and it takes patience and it takes practice. And so does life. We can't have a perfect life and life is not meant to be perfect. There's supposed to be ups and downs and adventures. And I really feel that that's what makes life so beautiful is because we just never know what's gonna come. Now, obviously we want more good than bad, but really it's how you respond rather than react to the struggles that you face or to the little obstacles that may come up or to the people that you're playing golf with. So play, you know, in life with, you know, and you don't always have to tee up with those people again. You, They may come in your life and you may want them to go and that's okay. And there's those people that you want to enjoy the game of golf with, which you want to enjoy your life with. So I really think golf has a lot of similarities when it comes to our lives. That's right. I really think that it does. It's, it's an interesting um, game. We took our kids just to some quick little putt-putt. I'm just watching them struggle just to even hold the club. They wanted to do the croquet. <laughs> they wanted to do it in all these different ways. So we would guide them, show them how thumbs are pointed down, all of these things. There's such an incredible part of this that was part of the control. And almost each time with my youngest, each time he'd come up, he's a righty, but he'd stand to the ball as a lefty. And he's like, I don't get it. <laughs> and then awesome. we would have to redirect and redirect and just with patience, right? With patience, because you got other little ones coming up behind you, right? And with those patients, he could finally get a little bit of the swing going. And he started to learn that this is not just this simple, easy thing. Like you said, the little ball, here's the thing, whack it in, you're done. They started to realize, wait, I have to think, I have to focus, and I can't just be up here being distracted. So really incredible. At the end, kind of a success, too of my daughters hit the final hole went right into the spaceship oh yeah thing that they had and the little smoke fog machine comes out and they flash around and they got two free new little golf um games that they can go back and play again and they were so so excited and my boys were like Ooh, oh, no. so, so disappointed and my daughter was like that's life She's like, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And it's okay. And I still love you. But I'm coming back to golf. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it is like that, no matter what we struggle. And when we have to sit back and watch somebody else maybe take that, that we'll say, award or that thing that maybe we were working really hard for or like in the infertility world, right? Each time someone around us is pregnant, we can't take it within ourselves to be like, oh, not me, not me again, not me again, and change because their joy and excitement with it should be celebrated. And it's a tough thing. I'm not yeah. saying that that's easy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so I'm saying that from this whole concept of what does it mean to be a badass? What does that mean? It's about, you know, really getting back up. You know, we're in the arena, we're fighting, we're bloodied, we're bruised, we're beaten down. And we're like, I don't know if I have it in me to take another breath or take another step. But for some reason, that little ember inside us just ignites another fire and we get back up. And it doesn't matter if we have to crawl or limp or grab onto something to keep going, but we're still fighting because we believe in ourselves enough 
before anybody else believes in us. Because I think the biggest thing is if we believe in ourselves, other people can believe in us. But how are other people going to believe in us if we don't believe in ourselves? Key point there. Very key point. Would you repeat that again? Absolutely. If we do not believe in ourselves, how can others believe in us? We must believe in ourselves first before others believe in us. That's true. Very, very true. And you can see people who have that who have that belief within themselves. It's not arrogance. It's not a cockiness. It's a true, genuine love that they have for themselves. And as they keep, you know, persevering and pushing forward, there is something that happens. And that is incredible. The, the part of all of this really munched together is that you can stand up again. You can, you know, take things over again. Sometimes we have to start back from scratch, throw it out, start again, and it's okay. Yeah, it is going to take more time, maybe even more supplies, something that we weren't maybe expecting, but really to keep the perseverance and the determination and the motivation to continue is there. You mentioned earlier about writing and how you wanted to keep that bracelet on to keep yourself motivated. What were some of the things that were pulling you away from writing or maybe the fears that you faced as you were writing? So my father was living with us at the time. And so he he worked at Walmart and my husband worked from home. Um, and sometimes my husband maybe didn't have a job at the time. Um, but I would be in my office, which I'm in right now, and my doors face out to the stairs that go upstairs. So you can see it's a very open concept. And so they would like stop in my office door and I would just be, you know, like focused, just writing away and they would stand on my door and I'm just like, what, <laughs> what do you want? Which means I lost my train of thought because I've suffered several concussions. I've got a um, history of a traumatic brain injury. And so my brain does not work like it used to it. I work with it on the way it works now. Um, and so with them stepping my door, I had to learn how to keep focused on my computer screen and not even acknowledge them. So that was one distraction I had. And other distractions I had was when I had to get to the, the tough stuff. You know, do I really want to talk about this? Do I really want to dive in and go into that place within my heart that I know I have to go to to get the story out? Am I ready to go there? For example, the abuse. I've had all the documentation from the court case, from the police reports. I knew exactly where it was in a folder, down in the basement, in a bag. I knew exactly where it was. I've known where it's been since, well, since then, since 11 years ago. Um, and it was like, do I really want to face this right now? Am I ready to get those emotions? And so that would deter me and I would I'd focus on a different part of my writing <laughs> or I would take a break or I would say, dad, let's go to lunch, you know? So really being ready and prepared to dive in those moments you have to give yourself permission one to feel and permission that it's going to be okay you're going to make it it's fine and you have to remind yourself of why you're doing it because you never want to go through your trauma again if you don't have to and i knew my why so really being prepared to dive in the hard stuff was was key for me that's incredible that whole concept of us you know coming up to those moments and i remember writing out in those that part of your life thinking ah someone take the pen <laughs> just help help kind of push this through and there were times i don't know if this experience if this experience happened with you but there were times where, as i was writing and then i would kind of leave it not for too long just one day or two days and i would come back and i'd read it and i'd be like 
wrote this? This is incredible. Who wrote this? Right? Yeah. yeah. It surprises you in that moment and in the flow, what can really, what truths can be laid on the paper through the, through the keyboard, whatever it is that you're doing. And it is shocking, surprising, and it really starts to build that confidence within you and feeling of those positivities, right? And not the negatives because we know old, like I call him old shame shadow over there. He's great giving me those negatives. But when I would come back and see this, it was just like I saw light. And was there anything that surprised you within your book that afterwards you were like, wow, I am bad A. Here I am. <laughs> I think the biggest thing was just realizing I'm a great writer and I have a story and I know how to convey that story to help others. Because growing up, I was always told that I was bad at grammar and that I wasn't a good writer. And then as I was writing my book, I pull out scrapbooks and I um, look at different things. And my ex-stepfather actually mailed me a scrapbook that I didn't know existed. And I got that as I was writing my book and I opened it up and it was the teacher saying, wow, she's an incredible writer. She knows how to tell a story and da, 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 da. And I'm like, wait, what? My whole life I had this belief that I wasn't a good writer. So who was I to write a book? And then I read some of my stuff. I'm like, who wrote this? Just like you said, like, who wrote this? this is pretty good. This is badass. Like, I'm good. You know, and it's not about ego, but it's about being proud of one, what you've gone through and two, that you're conveying it in a way that somebody can relate. And for me, um, hard parts were going back and rereading what I wrote, realizing it was good writing, but secondly, that it was true. And then really forgiving myself and being there for the, the child in me that, you know, went through so much pain and so much heartache and just saying, you know what, I got you, you had me through all of this, I've got you now, and we're gonna, we're gonna help others. So I think that's the biggest thing for people that have gone through trauma and abuse and just so much is that giving ourselves permission to mourn the loss of what we could have had, but no, we can't have that. And not, not to be regretful, but to understand that that inner child just needs a hug. That's right. They do. That's one of the best things is that inner child just to get that hug. So we've talked about your book, um, From Beaten to Badass, and you apparently are in some other books. I'm going to name them off here. Hold My Crown. Women of Grit Share Their Stories of Resilience. Another one is, oh, there we go, Overcoming Heart Blocks, Inspirational Stories from he for Healing from Trauma. And then a third one is one that you just finished is to Keep Smiling, Badass Edition. And this is where you are honoring women with a photograph of them holding the card and sharing a little bit about what they are incredible with. Amazing. Now that's, you know, coming up on three other books. So yeah, everybody, we want you to go out there, get these things, see what's inside and share with us how you were invited to maybe contribute to some of these other books. So the first one is my mentor, Michelle Mraz. You've, I'm pretty sure you've interviewed her. You know her. I She's an amazing her. queen mm -hmm. of badassery. I just love her to death. She took me under her wing um, back in 2020 when we met on a Zoom. And she pushes me, but she doesn't push me by myself off the ledge. She jumps with me. And she just uh, is amazing. She's really helped me level up who I am and really do the things that I do best. And um, so she invited me to the book because it's her book. And she invited me along with 
uh, 10 other authors. So there's 12 of us total. And that comes out on October 23rd. We're really excited about it. We actually have our, our crowns that we'll be wearing at the book launch. Um, and we're, we're just, we're super excited because the stories in there are incredible. You would think they're from Hollywood, but they're true stories. And these women, they're badasses and we call ourselves the queens. <laughs> so I guess I'm now, I used to refer to myself as the queen of badassery. So I guess it was fitting and I was predicting <laughs> this book, but we're really excited about it. And I think it's going to change a lot of lives. Amazing, incredible stuff. So as we kind of wind up here, tell me about what kind of a two minute segment of how you can share your light, your beacon of light, this whole concept of from beaten to badass with the others. What is this final message you want to give to those tonight? So what I say to everybody, you know, we are not defined by our circumstances. We are badasses and we just have to get back up. And I know April and I have very similar views about being the light in someone else's darkness. And that's what I tell people is that you can be the light in someone else's darkness. And by you shining your light, you allow them to shine their light and you give them hope, strength, and courage. So never dull your light because you feel that you have to shine your bright brighter shine your light brighter because the world needs it that's right the world needs it everyone thank you so much for tuning in this evening and let's wish miss erin a happy birthday we're gonna sing it to her yes yes she is an incredible young in her 30s still that's all i'm gonna say but she is amazing <laughs> all right let's sing everybody happy birthday here we go ready happy birthday to you happy birthday to you Happy birthday, dear Aaron. Happy birthday to you. All right, you. <laughs> so it's so great that you joined us tonight, and I hope that you have a wonderful birthday. And please, everyone, go out there, put down those reviews, give her some love out there with this two-year anniversary from bat from beaten to badass. Oh, look at that. We've got somebody. Happy birthday out there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of our Beacon of Light podcast this evening. Thank you so much, Erin. We'll see y'all. Bye, everybody. Bye.